Hello everyone, Pastor Marco here. Just want to welcome you to our podcast. We're glad to be able to share God's word with you. Want to let you know that we have a brand new website, newlifesouthcoast.com. It's a great place to stay connected and involved in the life of the church. Listen, if you live in the area, come check out one of our Sunday morning services, 9.30 or 11.30. It's a powerful time, and we also have kids' ministry for all ages. I believe this message is going to encourage you and challenge you today, but also make sure you share it with a friend who needs to hear the Word of God. Blessings. It is an honor to, to be here. Some of you have been seeing me walking around thinking, who is that white boy? What is he doing here, coming up and praying with me, talking to me? Well, I love Pastor Marco and his beautiful bride, Lindsay, and their family. I love New Life South Coast. I love the servant leaders here. Hey, hey, I want every single parent here, you need to give the biggest hug to those kids, teachers, and leaders when you leave. You, hey... Hey, you need to buy them gift cards, take them to dinner. Man, they're some of my heroes. If I was not called to plant a church in southern Rhode Island, I would pray about it for a moment, and then I would say, Lindsay, my bride, and my two kids, we're moving to New Bedford. And I'm talking about moving to New Bedford to be in New Bedford, to be in the South Coast, to be here. Spent the last few days just getting to know the streets here, getting to know the people here, inviting everybody up, everybody everywhere to nights of hope. One guy in the elevator, I was going down from the hotel room, and they were like, he was like, man, nice Jordans. And I'm like, man, I'm really not that cool. I've just been waiting for some fresh Jordans to wear. And I said, those are my preaching shoes. And he looked at me like, what? I said, I'm preaching Jesus, the hope of Jesus tonight, Keith Middle School. Nice of hope. Why don't you come? And if you're here, welcome. There is so much that the Lord has put on my heart. I believe that the Holy Spirit has sent me here very specifically to see hope revived in your life to see dreams activated, and to see spiritual awakening. That's why the Lord has brought me here. I'm going to read this passage of Scripture in a moment from from Exodus 14, but I I just need you to know, I just want you to know that each and every single one of you, that God has dreams that he wants activated in your life. That all of you are a part of this. All of you. Every single one of you. My story is that I'm a a pastor's kid. I was one of those jacked up pastor's kid. God grabbed a hold of my life when I was 16. I'm nobody special. I'm loved by God, a follower of Jesus. You don't need to know anything about me, but that the Lord sent me here so that you and I would have dreams and faith activated. But I, but I do want to tell you a little bit of my story. But before we do that, I want to read a passage of scripture from Exodus. Exodus 14, this is our story. This is the story of God and the people of Israel. The, the, the people of Israel were a minority at that time. There was massive opposition in Moses' day. And the movement of Jesus always spreads in opposition. They were not the superpower. They were not the empire. Who here knows that the movement of Jesus began before America? You guys know that, right? And here here we are, thousands of years before the birth of Jesus, and we have this encounter with Moses. But who we're going to really look at when it comes to activating our dreams. And if you're writing notes, the title of this message is Dreams and Tambourines. And we're going to be looking at the life of Miriam. 
Moses and Aaron. We got Moses and Aaron here. And Miriam, their sister. And we're going to look at her life and we're going to look at the word of God because, because as we talk about often that the word of God is not boring, we are often boring. God's word is the story that we find ourselves in. You don't have to have looked at the Bible before. You don't know how half to turn. You don't have to be like, oh my goodness, everybody looks like they're turning or on their phone. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just going to act. I'm just going to text right now. I don't really know what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter if you've read the Bible. This is the story that we find ourselves in. This is for everyone and anyone. Exodus 14. Here we are, and we, we, find our, we find this place right now, right, right in the midst of this tipping point moment. Moses and Israel, the people of God, were pushed back again, again. They were tempted, they were tempted to worship, to, to, to worship the false gods again. They were tempted to go with the Egyptians. They were tempted to follow Pharaoh. They were the down and out. They were the minority. And they were on, a, on the brink, on the brink of victory, on the, on the brink of breakthrough. And here we find, find ourselves listening to Moses in verse 13. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. All you have to do is be silent. Man, I remember when I got that fresh revelation as we were beginning our journey with absolutely nobody with, besides my bride and my beautiful boy. And God said, I will do the fighting for you. All you got to do is be quiet. I'm like, I'm not good at being quiet. So, so, so be caught in this way. Be, be caught in, in what is happening here in this passage of Scripture because what you're going to see in a little bit through the power of the Holy Spirit is, is exactly what God is doing in the South Coast. It's what God is doing in New England. There is going to be a shift tonight in the days to come. I know that sounds good, but I'm not away from my two beautiful babies and bride just so you can talk afterwards and be like, man, that was anointed, pastor. Anointed. You know we use words all the time. (laughs) Anointed. Yeah, if it's truly anointed, that means that your heart, your mind, your life is going to be shifted. It means that you're going to walk out of these doors and you're going to say, the future looks bright. It's just begun. We're just getting started. I got some scripture to read. I got to get back to it. The Lord will fight for you. All you have to do is be silent. Pharaoh, this ruler over the people of God. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get the glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. See, the reputation and the fame of Jesus was just beginning to spread. My goodness, is the reputation and fame of Jesus just beginning to spread and spreading here on the south coast. That's yes. People are like, what is happening there? And we say what? The best is. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord drove the sea, verse 21, back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. The waters 
being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after into the midst of the sea, this massive scene, this epic scene of God dividing the seas and Pharaoh and his empire after them, after the people of God, these oppressed people of God, this minority. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea in the dry ground. Verse 23, the Egyptians pursued and went into after them in the midst of the sea, all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And in the morning, watched the Lord in the pillar of fire and of the cloud, looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Can I read a little bit more? I know it's a lot of scripture, but this is so good. Can I read a little bit more? Thank you. I'm going to do it anyways. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal course. When the morning appeared and as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Come on. Oh, we're not done. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians so the people feared the Lord. They were in awe of the Lord God Almighty who reigns above all. And they believed in the Lord. (laughs) What an understatement. They believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. And then a song breaks out. You ready for Moses' song? I'm going to spare you not sing it. (laughs) But I'm going to read it. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. Song of victory. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God. I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea. And his chosen officers were sunk into the Red Sea. The flood covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. Man, that's like a flow right there. Come on. I, I, told, I told Aaron that I might freestyle later, but I'm not. He didn't believe me, though, so I've got to keep reading Scripture. Preach it, white boy. Feel free to say that anytime. Mm. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, verse 6, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The flood stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. Right? He's mocking them. He's mocking them. He's mocking. That's what the enemy said. 
right? And we know as the people of God that people are ultimately not our enemy, that this is pointing to a larger spiritual reality, an enemy that is against each and every single one of you who wants you to think right now that this is just a nice little moment that maybe you'll consume, critique how he's preaching, how we're singing. Did God move when really God Almighty wants to destroy the works of the evil one so that each and every one of you will keep in step with the Holy Spirit and the dreams God has for you? Who, verse 11, is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you? Moses is leaning in right now. He's singing. What's behind him? Enemies drowning in the midst of the sea. Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard and they tremble. Pains have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab and the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm, Lord. They are still as stone till your people, O Lord, pass by, till the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever and God's people said I just had to read it all the next part of that is Miriam and we're going to get to her in a moment because like I said the Lord sent me here so that dreams would be awakened in your life and the, the key to all of this, to everything in your life, is how you and me activate the God dreams that he has for us. So, so my story, first generation Christian or my parents, my mother and father, 40 plus years ago, my dad moved to the University of Rhode Island in South County, the special favored land of Rhode Island. It's true. Come on vacation. He moved 40 years ago, left Penn State to plant the gospel at the University of Rhode Island. He met my mom there. They got married, became an assistant pastor of a church. I grew up in this beautiful town. Blessing upon blessing. My dad then helped replant and really plant a church that grew to be one of the largest churches in Rhode Island, was there for 20 years. He just finished that stage of his journey. He's now on to the fourth quarter of life because who here knows that there's no retirement in Scripture, right? Right? Who here, who here knows that we need all generations pouring into one another? For about three years before the Lord saved me, it was hell on earth in my family's home. You know, I always tell people in the kingdom of God, we can kind of look back and laugh at who we used to be because we're saved and we're free now. But when you're going through it, nobody's laughing, right? Nobody's laughing. For some of you, your story's going to change tonight. Because those tears and that fighting and that anger is going to turn into joy and laughter. Dreams and tambourines. The, the, in the worst season of, of my life, being kicked, almost kicked out of school, addicted to drugs, selling drugs, 
having my guidance counselor tell me that one day he's going to read about me in the police beat. People look at me now like, you, come on. Jesus. My my story was that like, like you know, I have an older brother, younger brother, younger sister, amazing family. And, you know, we've all rebelled and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. Okay. Well, some people are just extra foolish in the rebellion. Anybody out there? You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand, but that was me. Like when my parents went away, I'm like, I'm throwing a party at the house, but it's going to be the last night before they come home. Now that's just stupid. That's foolish. But I did it. I was definitely rebel without a cause, not ashamed to be a punk. And here's what happened. It was at the climax of that chaos and things were beginning to shake. The veil was over my eyes like everybody who's not in Christ and alive in Christ. We know that the God of this age has blinded unbelievers from seeing the truth of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There's a veil over every single one of you who are not in Christ. And that was my story. But the veil began to shake when one week before this massive party, I came home and my dad was a private prayer warrior he took serious when jesus said sometimes when you pray when you pray you got to go in the private amen some of you people you want to see transformation in your life and in your family get alone in the private that's free that's not even a part of the message that's just free my dad on his knees and you know every single different tradition and stream in, in christianity sometimes they emphasize everything right some traditions in the Christian faith, it's like everything's the devil. I won't call names. For other people, it's like sin, total depravity, tulip. It's all right. Talk to me about that later. We got people all over that we emphasize, right? That's why we need all of the Bible. Anyway, so my dad, you know, I grew up in this Baptist church, but he wasn't like, he was, he was normal. He wasn't crazy. Anyways, so... He, he was on his knees in his room, and I come home high out of my mind, walking up, and I hear this, Satan, you have no power over my son. Now, my, hey, you guys hear me? My, my dad grew up in the farm. He's a quiet guy. I didn't normally hear him pray those prayers. You know, some of you, maybe you had more of a quiet dad or mom, whatever, and then when they start speaking with a little bit of unction, a little bit of passion, put the fear of God in you. I was still dead and blinded, but he, when he prayed that prayer, Satan, you have no power over my son. I wasn't born again in that moment, but I knew something was wrong. I mean, it was that moment that things began to shake. I mean, there was many moments before that that, that I didn't know when my sister called the police on me or, or when I would just, just had so much anger punching holes in the wall, listening to Tupac changes, thinking that my life was going to change. Seriously, I'll talk to you about Tupac all day besides Jesus. I'm not trying to say that to be cool. I'm serious. Tell me, dear mama doesn't get you every time. Every back, come on. So that happened, and then the next week I throw the party of the century at the house, high school students, college kids. I know, see, I hear you, I hear you. And uh, my brother won't name which one came home, kicked everybody out. They went to the old church that everybody went to late at night. They didn't go to the church when everybody gathered there, but that's where we would go late at night. And then I went to my grandmother's house, and then the next day, I come home. Happens to be the same time that my parents were coming home from pastor's retreat in New Hampshire. And it was a war zone. Though these people that I'd given my allegiance to, these people that, that, that I said that were my friends, these people that I was close to, 
for the last years threw a party in my house and I wasn't invited. Checks stolen, refrigerator poured down, flipped over, holes in the wall. It was a massive war zone. And what happened was that for the first time in my life, I took responsibility that the problem in the world wasn't out there, it was in here. Some of you guys got to get that. Guys and girls. But guys, you got to get that. You got to get that. It's the most liberating thing in the world when you start taking responsibility for the mess in life. Bad news before the good news. Well, by God's providence and his hand, his sovereignty, I had a camp to go to next week in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. And it was a camp that I would always go to even though I did not love Jesus because if it wasn't Jesus, it was girls. Girls, girls, girls. What are you guys quiet? Come on. Like, come on. I thought this was a no judgment zone. Games, girl, whatever. It was whatever. But here's the thing. They preached Jesus, but they actually loved people. There was people who had tattoos or earrings or this background or that background or that or that. They invited everybody because people of Jesus should be the people who have the Jesus party all the time. Hey, hey, hey. And thank God that that is what New Life South Coast is. Hey, hey, my, my son, Jacob Lyle, we talk about it all the time. Sunday morning, community group on Tuesday night, parties during the week. What are we having, son? What are we having, Jacob Lyle? A Jesus party. That's right. Because all of life is going to preach to you and tell you that everything else is the party. Well, no, 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 no. No. We have the party, and it's lasting forever. Man. Just want to like hug all you. So I go up to this camp. I go up to this camp. And for the first time, like I said, that veil that the God of this age, the evil one, the enemy of your soul had blinded me. Not it wasn't shaking anymore. It was fl- it was going all over the place. And there was just this powerful force of darkness. It was like no more games. I'm so thankful that I worship a God who exposed me early on so I did not learn the church games to hide it and hide it and hide it. Some of you, God's love is that you are now seeing how jacked up you really are so you can know how loved you really are. Monday night, Tuesday night at this camp, August 2000, sharing with my counselor, camp counselor, about everything that was happening. He was telling me about the grace of God, telling me about the grace of God, telling me. And then it was a Wednesday night, and I'm singing in this chapel, and I'm singing this song that for so long was a nice little sing-along. I don't know if you're, if you're not, if you're just new to church, just listen along. But if you've been around for a little while, you know how sometimes those songs, you know, you could just put a girl in place of Jesus and the nice little sing-alongs. No, really, really. I mean, I used to sing the song growing up. I know I did it all. You know, I grew up in youth group, did everything. I would sing this song and I'm thinking, I don't know about Jesus, but I know about Janelle. <laughs> and she's right near me. <laughs> so I'm singing this song and then in the middle of the worship set, the music set, conviction of the Holy Spirit. Didn't know the Holy Spirit? Just tears in my eyes. Overwhelming. I go to the side of this chapel and I look out and it was a clear night and all I could see was myself drowning. Drowning in this sea. Drowning in this sea and it was a sea of God's judgment. It was like hurricane winds and tsunami waves and I was drowning in this sea and I wasn't even high or drinking. 
And all I could see was myself just drowning and I got so terrified, I did a reverse altar call. I went out the chapel. I'm serious. I know sometimes pastors come with these cool stories and you're like, oh, that was funny. That's real. That happened. So I'm running out of the chapel and I'm on the ground on this mountain. And then all of a sudden, overwhelmingly attacked by the powers of darkness. This camp had never seen it before. This is something that that had not been done, but I'm trembling on the ground. I'm overwhelmed. And what was happening, which is all of our story, and we see it in Ephesians 2, that you were dead in your sins in which you once walked, following the prince and power of the air, controlled by the lust and passions of the flesh, and were by nature a child of God's wrath and judgment. All of our story, that's the bad news. Every single one of us, all of humanity on one direction to a never-ending drowning separation from God. But I'm on that mountain and there's an army of guys coming around me, signs and wonders, because who here knows that angels come for those who will inherit salvation. It's wild, but it's true. And I'm in the middle of that mountain, and, and next thing you know, there's a group of guys all around me with their, clen- their, their arms like this. All around me, they're like this. And I'm, a, I'm on my knees. And this guy comes out. And he says, are you ready to proclaim Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Tongue tied to my throat. Couldn't say anything. Overwhelmed. And the Bible doesn't end with the bad news. It's all about the good news of Jesus. And Ephesians 2.4 says, and I love this so much. You can help me out if you know it, Ephesians 2.4. But God. Say it with me. But God. That's your life. Any but God's here. But God, being rich in mercy, made us alive together with Christ because of his great love in which he loved us. By grace, you have been saved. And you're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. The unsearchable riches of Jesus. By grace, you've been saved. And this is not a result of works so that no one can boast. I said, yes, God put his spirit in me. And I said, yes, God did it. Because who here knows that before we ever accept Jesus, God accepts us. That's an anchor for your soul. That's how you can get up in the morning every single day and no matter what happened yesterday or no matter what you think is about to happen, you can just wake up out of your bed and say, good morning, Jesus, an anchor for my soul. I'm accepted in love. And we did that week what you do when you realize that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life and he defeated and conquered death This is my story. This is real. This is what struck me down on my knees before as we're singing. That's how I'm here. Holy God, that's what you did. You took me from darkness to light, to the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. You did it. You did it. You did it. And he's done it to so many of you. And he's about to do it to all of you. And he's doing it throughout New England. Oh, the power of our testimony. The devil hates our testimony. Oh, my God. And that's why I give it back to him all the time. Often in the car in private so people don't think I'm crazier than they already think. So we prayed and prayed. And then I went back to high school. Everybody knew the jacked up, Stephen. Still was jacked up but I had the Holy Spirit in me. I failed Spanish twice. Don't judge me. 
The only word I knew was bonita. That's beautiful. And it came true when I sat behind. This is a true story. I'm not just trying to be cute. So you're like, that's a nice story. It's true. I sat behind Lindsay Fisher. Yeah, we have some generation people here, and they know my sweet bride. I sat behind her. And back then, we didn't have phones. I know I look young, but it was true. That's why I fit in well. I'm going to be 90, and people are like, man, who's that 40-year-old preaching? Jesus. Say, hey, come on, come on. So, come on, come on. So, I'm sitting, because this is all about God's story, but I'm sitting behind her. I'm writing notes. And, And guys, if you're following Jesus and you see another follower of Jesus, that's a girl. First talk to Pastor Marco and Lindsay. But here's the thing. Write her a note. Don't give her a text. It's a little advice for you. Anyways, so I'm writing a little note. I know who I like. Who do you like? Love, secret, admirer. Come on. (laughs) Hey, she has the note. She kept it. So I'm 16. She's 14. I start talking to her. I was dating. When I was dead in my sins, I was dating her friend. And now I'm writing her notes. And then I start going to her house. And you know what I did? Don't judge me. Military evangelism. You don't know about that. You're scared. That means like all in, hardcore. I showed up with a pink Bible, Rebecca St. James CD. Come on now. Come on. You got to get that pink Bible. Rebecca St. James, and I pleaded with her. I was like, I was like, hey, follow Jesus, follow Jesus. 18 years, we're still together. Come on. The Spanish teacher called my parents because they were, she was terrified because she knew the jacked up Stephen. And then her family is calling a meeting with the pastor. And the guidance counselor speaking about, that's a guy who's going to be in police beat one day. And the athletic director had to fight to get me back on the soccer team and the sports teams. Now, I share all that because fast forward many, many years, and Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are recreated in Christ for good works, which God has prepared before the foundations of the world for us to walk in. And now I'm preaching in the same high school because God takes high school punks and he makes them preachers. Just like with Paul, he takes murderers and he makes them missionaries. Hey, but here's the thing, enough about me. God has activated his dream for my bride and for me and now our two kids. He's activated his dream for our lives to see South County, Rhode Island, New England, this world revived with the good news of Jesus. Hey, hey. So when, hey, so when people see the house and they see the kids and they see whatever else and we fit in, nice little South County, Rhode Island, I tell them, we tell them, we're seeking first the kingdom of Jesus. But the key for those three years when I would walk back and forth on the coast of Southern Rhode Island was that I prayed prayers and God gave the name Generation Church because like in Psalm 100, he said the Lord is good, his unfailing love endures forever, and his faithfulness continues to a thousand generations. Now, meaning God is not done. His love never stops. The best days are ahead. That's not just a nice little slogan in church to get our encouragement up. It's the reality of Jesus. But as
as I woke up this morning in my hotel room and I pushed the curtains away and I look out at New Bedford, I've been with many of you a few times now, praying with Pastor Marco, praying for New Bedford, coming here on my own just to pray, just to walk around this city. Because what we're doing there and what God's doing in Providence, God is doing here. We are being swept up into what God is doing. But listen, 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 listen. Each and every one of you, God has a dream that he wants activated in your life. You need your hope revived for these dreams to be activated. So look, this end of this song of Moses, we get to know Miriam. Moses' sister. Verse 19. For when the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand. And all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam said to them, repeating what Moses had sung, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. Did you catch what's there though? Before they had even gone through the sea, Miriam grabbed the tambourines. You see, the story of God is full of the promises of God, of a good father and sovereign Lord who loves his people and says that I will always be with you, for you, within you, and going ahead of you. Now catch this. These promises of God that he is with us. These dreams that Miriam and Moses had for the people of God. They were activated because of the access that they had with Jesus. The access that they had with God. They had these promises from God, these dreams given from God. And what you need to do, what, what, what God led me on a journey to do and Pastor Marco and so many others to do is that before you see the dreams activated, the victory accomplished, you have to grab the tambourines. Church, whatever dreams that you have right now, just, just, just think about those. Close your eyes. Just think about the dreams that, 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 that God's given you, the dreams that he's given you, the visions that he's given you, what he has for this church, what he has for your life, what he has for your family. Think about those things. For, for, for some of you who are not followers of Jesus yet, the biggest lie that is running through your mind right now is what good will this moment actually do besides having an injection of inspiration rather than life transforming hope? For every single one of us, the reason that we can grab the tambourines every single day and believe in the promises that God has for you, for me, for this church, and for this region is because of the access that we have with God, because of the victory of Jesus. Because what do we see with Jesus? In Hebrews chapter 3, 
we see that Jesus is the greater Moses. We see that all of scripture, even the great heroes, ultimately points to the greatest hero. God has positioned leaders in his spiritual army all over the world. He's done it here, Pastor Marco and Lindsay and Aaron and so many others. He's done it all over the world. He's done it all in New England. He is building, he's putting together an army. Do you guys not believe that? A spiritual army. But we are all following one hero. His name is Jesus. And we see in Hebrews chapter 3 this reality. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession who was faithful to him who appointed him just as Moses also was faithful in all of God's house. Moses did what he was called to do to proclaim the law and to live it out as best as he possibly could, but he was pointing to something greater. For Jesus has been counted worthy, verse 3, of more glory than Moses. As much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all of God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Jesus is the greater one over the people of God. Jesus is the one and the reason that you and me can activate God's dreams for our lives and for this region. Because he was the one who not only went Through the seas of death, he took on the death and wrath of God upon himself so you and me would have access to God. Moses led his people from the enemies. Jesus ultimately defeated and led us through every single enemy of death and sin, the devil and hell. He put his enemies underneath his feet as a footstool. He trampled death by death. He's the greater Moses. We have access. You guys get access, right? I kind of thank God when my phone dies and it dies all the time. Because for a moment, I don't have access and people don't have access to me. Unlimited. Right? Come on. We're all addicted. Besides a few of you holy people. You guys, it's invisible. Access. All the time. To anyone at any time. I get frustrated when I'm on an airplane and my internet access is not quick enough to get a hold of my bride when I'm 30,000 feet in the sky. Don't judge me. First and foremost, before the Holy Spirit activates the dreams that he has for each and every one of you is that we have access with God. We have victory in Christ. The reason that I can walk the coast of southern Rhode Island and Marco and you and everyone can walk the streets of New Bedford and say the best days are ahead and to say that, God, you're not done. God, there's going to be multiple campuses because there's going to be of New Life South Coast. Hey, hey, hey. And the building is going to be bigger and better. You better believe that. I was there and I pray with you. Some of you were there for that. 
The reason why each day and every night you can walk and you can talk with God and you can hold up your tambourine is because of what Jesus has done. We have access that activates the dreams and plans that he has for us for spiritual awakening. There's no other reason why we're here. Like there really isn't. Like when I drive home tonight and get ready to preach Jesus tomorrow morning and I pray for you guys, as it's an overflow, I'm driving back and I'm praying and I'm saying, I still have breath. And not only do I and we still have hope, there are dreams, God, that you have. Can you see it? Can you see New Bedford? That was said of in the past that it lit up the world. Can you see God doing it again? No, 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 Rick, Rick, can you really see God doing it again? Because he's going to do it again. Oh, I can see it. I see businesses flourishing. I see people wanting to move here. I can see people flourishing in schools. I can see leaders being raised up. I can see marriages restored. I can see hospitals being a shining light to this whole region. Nurses, doctors. I can see a move of God, because you know it's a move of God, when white, black, orange, yellow, green, and everything in between are unified. Right, 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 right. Because, hey, hey, because last night, after a powerful move of God, when I got back to my room and I turned on CNN, turned on the TV, and St. Louis is again there, and there's riots happening everywhere, I'm saying, okay, I see that, I see that, I see that. It's time to press in even more. It's time to press in into the kingdom of Jesus like never before. It's time to see like never before New Bedford be known for reconciliation. Yes. Yes. Yes, hey, and there's going to be such a move of God of reconciliation in New Bedford that the, the news reporters are going to be forced to have to film it. I'm just prophesying the dreams that God has. These are the dreams that God has. Multiple campuses across South Coast. A new normal. God gave me a dream. He gave Pastor Marco a dream. He gave Aaron a dream, and we're going to see hundreds and hundreds of youth coming to follow Jesus. God's giving Elijah and his team dreams and songs, and a sound of revival is going to come out of here. God's giving dreams. God gave a dream to Miriam. But you, what about you? No, 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 each and every one of you. In a moment, we're going to stand and the band can can come out in a moment. We're going to have a call to faith. Not only for those who have never yet accessed the grace of Jesus Christ that allows you to wake up in the morning and say, good morning, thank you, Jesus. But we're going to do a call to faith in a time of prayer. And the altar is going to be wide open. I'm going to be praying for you. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak life into this place and activate dreams all over this place. And hell is angry tonight because the kingdom of Jesus is expanding and moving. 
but your dreams that God has for each and every one of you. But see, here's the thing, just like with Miriam, and it will preach because it's good and it's true. Before it actually all happened in your life, she had the tambourines with her and she was ready. Dreams and tambourines. And not only did she have one for herself, she had many for her friends. You see, what is about to happen in a moment as we sing that song again is that you are going to grab a tambourine. Not literally, you're going to grab a tambourine. You're going to lift up your hands. And whatever that dream is, whether it was that you want to take that step to be that film director for the glory of God, whether you wanted to be that coach or that sports manager to the glory of God, whether you wanted to be that mom to the glory of God, whether you wanted to be that teacher to the glory of God, whether you wanted to be anything for the glory of God, that it happens in this moment before you even see let's have the worship team come here but let's lean in let's lean in everyone We have to start, and I just see this over and over, the lie of the evil one again and again, and it makes way in the church, even with leaders and with people, is that the best days are really not ahead. So this is the starting place, and this is the first call to faith. The psalm says, delight in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. First and foremost, you know how you're a true follower all in with Jesus? Is that your greatest desire of your heart is who? Jesus. And not that boring Jesus. Not that cuss word, Jesus. Not that disreligious Jesus. No, 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 no. No, the unashamed Jesus. No, the Jesus who is the lover of our soul. The Jesus who stretched down from heaven with his mighty hand to grab each and every one of us. That Jesus who formed your heart and created your life. That Jesus, who takes the words, I'll read about you in police beat. And not just makes him a preacher, but with the grace of God, makes him a husband and a father who can point a generation to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that Jesus who can take what was addiction in your family lineage and says, no more. No more. The cross with addictions, it's no more. Depression, no more. Anxiety, no more. Immorality, no more. Violence and anger, no more. That's our Jesus. And that's the Jesus who brought you into a middle school, high school, who brought you here, and we have access with him now. Hey. And the reason why Miriam could grab her tambourine and cry out and say, 
You have thrown the horse and the rider into the sea. You have thrown my enemies. I'm going to sing triumphantly. The reason was, was because she was reconciled. She had victory. And we have victory through the blood of Jesus. With eyes closed in this place. You're about to pick up that tambourine. And God's about to activate dreams in your life. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome here, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you, Lord, for taking what was familiar and making it unfamiliar. Thank you for speaking into each and every heart in this place. Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking. Thank you for crushing the lies of the evil one. Thank you for listening. I hope that did encourage you and that you can share with someone who needs to hear from God. And we hope to see you soon. God bless.